This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast, the show that helps you better understand British culture and British English. British English, or the English in general, is the reason that we're doing today's episode. A lot of my students have to go through a gruelling experience, sometimes gruelling, like quite bad, quite hard, quite difficult, uh, with the idea of doing test preparation and getting the mark that they want for a test of the English language that they are able to speak for various reasons. And we have a guest on the show to help us overcome these fears or, or better understand the preparation behind some of these exams. So we have Josh McPherson, an American English teacher who focuses predominantly on the TOEFL test preparation. So TOEFL is the test of English as a foreign language, and it's a standardized test to measure the English language ability of non-native speakers wishing to enroll in English-speaking universities, and also probably with visas and, and job applications. So the test is accepted worldwide. It's a massive one. If you've heard of the IELTS exam, it's similar to that. Yeah, Josh has an online-based language test solution platform to help English language learners achieve the results that they're wanting to get. So that's that's what we're going to be talking about, the TOEFL exam, and comparing it also to this new kid on the block, the Duolingo test, because people are getting interested in, in whether this is a, a competitor what are the pros and cons of it? We'll be talking about the, the differences between this, those two. Josh was the academic coordinator for an ELT program in Manhattan for student visa holders. So we've got a lot to get through. And it's a culture-based podcast, isn't it? As Josh, I believe, is a human, he probably has some cultural experiences to share with us. And I think he does because he's also uh, married a Japanese woman and they live in Kyoto, Japan right now with three kids. And they've been there for about four years. So we've got lots to get through. Um, welcome, Josh, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Charlie. I appreciate it. And thank you for clarifying that I'm a human. I, I, <laughs> I had to, to make that clear to people. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, your introduction was perfect. Thank you. And you explained TOEFL better than I can, actually. So thank you for that. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Well, it was a Google translation or just Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm the robot <laughs> today, really. But yeah. So, uh, Josh, you're from America. Whereabouts in yeah. America? Uh, I'm from New York, from Long Island, uh, more particularly, and uh, which is kind of close to uh, Queens. So I grew up in a town called Valley Stream. I uh, grew up there. Didn't know a lot about the world, really. Um, just kind of my own little world of New York and have my own culture. Got into uh, English language teaching um, after college, went to Korea, uh, got my degree in TESOL. Uh, and then I was, as you mentioned, I was the coordinator of a program in New York. That's where I started teaching TOEFL and then just bouncing around teaching English. And uh, now I'm in Japan, like you said. Your introduction was perfect, man. I, I couldn't have done it better. <laughs> 
Fantastic. Yeah, interesting though. So um, yeah, I I have a lot of questions, but I need to be quite specific because we don't have three hours, unfortunately. I'd like to get to the point where, you know, they're going as long as Joe Rogan's podcast, three hours long. I I don't know how he talks for that long. I know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh it's it's pretty crazy, you know. I'm 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 up for it. Maybe maybe you, you'll we'll, we'll see we'll see how far this goes today. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see if my yeah. my stamina is up for it. So let's get into the uh, test stuff, and then maybe talk about culture and sure. your life a little bit later. The TOEFL exam is what you've focused on predominantly recently, and there's a new one, the Duolingo test. Can you explain a little bit about the differences between those two? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we've been focused on TOEFL. Uh, TST Prep is the business I run and we've been focused on TOEFL Prep and our YouTube channel is mostly TOEFL Prep, but we're going to get into Duolingo. And uh, basically what happened is in the last year, you know, there's a lockdown because of COVID, as everybody knows. And a lot of students needed to take English tests like IELTS or TOEFL, but they couldn't because there wasn't at first there weren't a lot of online solutions. Later, TOEFL and IELTS were, you were able to take them online. I think IELTS too, but TOEFL you can take online uh, now. But at first you couldn't. And so a lot of schools and universities turned to the Duolingo English test. Then in the last year, this test has exploded in popularity. I think it's gone from less than a thousand schools that accept it to over 16,000 in the last year. Uh, The test itself uh, accounts for 20% of Duolingo's revenue. Uh, as of oh, this year. Wow. So it's it's become a massive phenomenon. You know, it has its pros and cons. It has some critics as well. But in my in my opinion, it's a lot easier for the students, a lot friendlier for the students. But some people feel that it's not great for preparing somebody for university. So th- there's there's some debate yeah, about right. uh, how, how good it is. Just to give you an example, you don't have to write an essay. For Duolingo English tests, the, oh, the, okay. the most you Hang have on, so, to write. So Duolingo, from what I understand, is the basic app of you know learning the beginnings of a language. Have they have they gone beyond that now? So yeah, so Duolingo. Uh, I mean, you could go from beginning to advanced, but yeah, their specialty is kind of like, and their 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 philosophy is that you know language education for everybody, pretty much. That it's it's a free app. Uh, you can pay for it, but it's mostly free. To learn languages. About five years ago, they made this Duolingo English test, but it never really picked up much uh, steam. It never became very popular. And mostly because TOEFL and IELTS were so well established, some people didn't think the Duolingo English test really fit the requirements needed for an English test to check if you're ready for university. It wasn't used. I mean, so it's been sitting there on the shelf, so to speak, but it wasn't so popular. Traditionally, that's what they do. They do language learning, bunch of languages. You can even learn, you know, fake languages like Klingon or, uh, you know, made up languages or uh, Valerian, like uh, Game of Thrones. So they have Whoa. a lot of things on Duolingo. But yeah, now they have an English test that's become very, very popular. They've been testing a variety of things that would work out for them. And they found that this is is a pretty good one. So you don't have an essay. I assume you have audio recordings that they then analyze do they analyze it automatically or are there people behind it? Uh, yeah, so that's the other thing that's a little uh, that people are critiquing that th- there's there are human reviewers, but they don't main grading is based on AI. Wow. Uh, so like a, so a grader will just kind of glance over it to make sure uh, from my understanding, a grader will kind of glance over the speaking and writing to make sure that the AI gave an appropriate score. 
but for the most part, it's almost all automatic. And, and that's why it's so cheap. Maybe you could tell me how much IELTS is, uh, but TOEFL is $200, something like that. Um, I think it's about and, the same. IELTS, I think, is about £200, maybe, in the UK. So, so yeah, what's and, Duolingo? And I'm just going to interrupt this episode briefly to tell you about the free ebook and audiobook that was written and narrated by Harry and myself, giving you everything you need to know about using idiomatic expressions in the IELTS speaking exam. This audiobook runs for 45 minutes and we've had an overwhelming amount of emails thanking us for this amazing free gift, which you can find in the show notes of this episode or head over to the britishenglishpodcast.com and then you can scroll down the homepage until you see the free resources and that is where you'll be able to get your hands on 45 minutes of incredibly valuable teaching resources and we made this as we've created an online IELTS speaking course that has actually been on the back burner for a while now meaning uh, not the main focus for us or lower on the list of priorities. But I've decided to take it in a new direction with fortnightly IELTS workshops. And I will also be updating the content in the course in the coming weeks. So if you wanted to get yourself an affordable IELTS preparation course, then do it now before the price increase along with the update. Again, you can find this in the show notes or over at the British English Podcast.com. So Duolingo is $49. You can also take the test multiple times in a month. There's a lot of free vouchers. So, you know, Duolingo philosophy is, you know, education for all. So if you are from an impoverished country or, or you know, your, your income is a little low, uh, then you can apply for a voucher and you could actually take the test for free. Um, oh God, that's so, amazing. so it's, it's, it's a very flexible and really student centered, um, test compared to TOEFL and IELTS, which is more based on linguistics and, you know, what people would educators like you and I might think is a appropriate kind of measurements for, for if somebody's ready to go to university or take a job or whatever. Duolingo does do that as well, but they have a different philosophy of how to do that. That's, I, I think that's, Immediately, I think that's quite attractive because when I'm test, uh, preparing my students for the IELTS exam, very often they get to a point where I would score them quite high, but test nerves get in the way so much. The, yeah. the nerves behind performing in the moment with a stranger and that stranger is an author authoritarian kind of figure for them. It stresses people out. And you've only got a number of shots at it. Yeah, I just looked. It's about 190 pounds, 195 pounds. And I think you can only do it ever so often. How, how often can you do the TOEFL exam? Like, when's the TOEFL, next time you can do it? Uh, that's a good question. I think you could do it more than once in a month. But okay. I think that's the limit. I'd have to double check. I think it's yeah. two weeks. So really, the Duolingo way of doing it is eradicating all the nerves because it's, it's just your phone, right? Well, you can't take it on the phone. You have to use a laptop or desktop. And th there are quite a few secure. So one, one big thing about these tests is, are they secure or not? It, can the school rely on the test score that they're getting? And so is it easy to cheat? Mm. So that's another thing that people criticize Duolingo for. Oh, the way that they gosh, you could cheat, couldn't you? Yeah, so, so th there are a bunch of security measures for Duolingo. Like you can't look down for too long if somebody walks in the room. Uh, your test is immediately canceled. The camera is, is using AI technology to track your eye movement. 
Uh, you can't take notes during Duolingo, so you can't look down at all. So there's things that are different. And, but the, the way that they stay cheap is because it's almost all AI, even the questions. This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that and you can listen along whilst using it. Uh, they're all taken at my from notes. my research. <laughs> Most of the questions are taken from Creative Commons. They're not created by uh, content creators. The, all the passages, the reading passages are taken from Creative Commons. And so it's, it's all generated from open sourced materials. Probably the only thing that they would actually write themselves might be a couple of the independent speaking writing questions where it's like you know do you agree or disagree all high school students should wear school uniforms probably somebody writes those uh, but besides that as of right now it's mostly all creative commons open source right that yeah that's that's really unique approach to it all it's the future i suppose but i guess immediately my thought is if you've got a an identical twin you could cheat could you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, I, I imagine so. I'm sure, you know, the, people cheat on uh, TOEFL and IELTS too. I mean, people, you know, give ID cards to people and, and cheat. I mean, there was a big, massive uh, cheating scandal in China for TOEFL a couple of years ago, I remember. Really? So, yeah, oh, I mean, so people innocent. Cheat, I don't know. even think about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a big thing. It's a big thing that if you have a problem, an English test, and you're trying to solve it, and it's a very hard problem to solve, but you really want to achieve it, you know, you'll find any way to do it. These, this, these tests act as a barrier for people who want to study in America or Canada or need a job in, in Europe or whatever. It is a big deal, you know, for people. And sometimes if you get desperate, you know, you, you'll, try, you'll try other things. Yeah, right. What's your personal opinion of the Duolingo test? Do you think it's the future? Do you think it's just a, a momentary phase or a fad? Do you think it will stick around? I think, I mean, so we're going to start teaching it in the next couple months and be making more videos about it and that kind of thing. There's not a lot of material. There's a little bit, but not a lot. In my opinion, it's going to stay around forever. You know, or not forever, but for, for a very long time, uh, especially for universities and colleges in the States. And the, the reason is, is because they want students to come. You know, they want international students to come and study. The TOEFL acts as a barrier for that. IELTS acts as a barrier for that. And lowering that barrier, some people might argue that well, you're getting less quality English speakers, let's say, for example, or something like that. But a lot of schools have programs for English language. I worked at an ESL program at a college. And so some people think that it's, it's, a, it's a good enough diagnostic. Uh, it's a good enough test to see if they're ready to come. It hasn't picked up as much steam in Europe, the UK and in other places. Uh, I think because the People are a bit more. I mean, I don't really know why exactly. But, is it? But are you meaning least, picking up steam as in um, schools accrediting people through the Duolingo test that not as many universities are respecting it yet? That's right. Yeah, right. Uh, the, not as many universities in in Europe than the UK. Uh, it's definitely. I mean, in, in America, it's almost everybody now. In the Europe, not as much. So people have used IELTS forever and and you know like the test, rely on it. You know, there, there's a debate. With anything new, like a new technology or new, like, like let's say Airbnb or Uber, you know, the, the, it's the kind of similar complaints, you know, security is not as, not as good. It, it, you can't rely on it. Uh, there's privacy issues, you know, th things like that. There, it's similar complaints as you would have to any new technology or, or, or something like that. So 
This is education, so it's slightly different. Perhaps there will be backlash in the future and people feel that this quality of the language that people can speak when they take the Duolingo is not as high. Uh, and then it does cause a backlash. But I think for the most part, it won't. This test is very student-centered and also very almost culturalist without much culture, if I, I can say it that way. And what I mean is that like, so a TOEFL passage or a TOEFL lecture is like a university academic passage, university academic lecture. And sometimes they're structured. So like, let, let's say, for example, uh, camouflage is a big one. You know, so like if, yeah, it's, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard a camouflage passage on multiple TOEFL tests for some reason. It's a academic talk and then they'll introduce the idea and then give two kind of examples of it to help illustrate it. You know, they'll maybe give an animal that uses camouflage. They talk about chameleon and then another animal that uses camouflage, you know, let's say tigers or whatever it is. You know, you have to understand the structure of a, of a university lecture. You know, you have to understand, you know, how it's structured and that kind of thing. I guess to give a better example would be for the speaking section. You have a, you have an independent question, like, uh, do you agree or disagree? All high school students should wear school uniforms. Yeah. And you have to provide your opinion about that. Uh, some people feel that's a very strange thing to ask, you know, like my opinion on a topic that I'm not an expert in. You know, I don't know if students should wear school uniforms. That's up to the school director or up to the parents. It's yeah. not really my place to have an opinion about that kind of thing. Yeah, Whereas, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the preparation that I have with my students is is giving them ideas for their own opinions. Because at the beginning, they right. don't really have an opinion. They're like, I've never thought of that. I don't, I don't have an opinion. Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. So we have to right, think right, of right, the right, pros right. and cons and then decide on what, sh what she or he believes in. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Whereas the Duolingo? Whereas the Duolingo, they do have that. Um, so that they do have like a speaking, you know, where you do have to give your opinion and that kind of thing. But it seems a little less, has a less, less weight, so to speak. A lot of, the, so there's some speaking and writing where you have to describe a photo. You know, they give you a photo and you have to speak about it and you have to write about it. So they, they give you something to describe instead of giving your opinion, which is a little bit different. It's like, it's a really hard test to prepare for because you kind of like either know it or you don't, you know, like, like you know how IELTS, you kind of teach a lot of strategy, yeah. you know, like there's a certain question type for the reading. When you listen, you should read the questions first and then, you know, try to answer them while you're listening. The Duolingo questions are like, do you know it or you don't? And that's about the extent of it. You can learn some strategy for speaking and writing to improve your score, but especially for reading and listening questions, they're kind of like, you kind of know them or you don't. That is really interesting. A, a new world yeah. of test preparation. I hadn't really thought about it too too much that Duolingo was doing a new one. But yeah, if it's anything like Uber or Airbnb, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. TOEFL and IELTS are dust. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like like I think that they're not definitely not dust, I would say. <laughs> but, you know, they, they have a reputation and a good reputation, you yeah. know, TOEFL and IELTS. Um, they're but just not students. So do taxi drivers. 
We respected <laughs> taxi drivers before. And we still do, of course. Yeah. But, you know, the yeah. knowledge that they go through is questionable now, whether you need it. Uh, so, so that's the thing, you know, is this, um, does an IELTS test really mean that you're ready for school? You know, does a TOEFL test really mean that you're ready for school? Yeah. Does Duolingo tests really mean that? You know, so, you know, it opens up a lot of interesting questions that are kind of hard to answer. There's plenty of people who are good at taking tests that do tests well, but then they go to the school and they have to take an English class before they can go to university classes. So, you know, the IELTS and TOEFL have a have a good reputation, <laughs> like taxi drivers. Uh, and, you know, the, <laughs> people rely on them and know about them. I think that anything new is is harder to catch on. Definitely think at least for North American universities, they want to lower the barriers for people. And so Duolingo English tests, in my opinion, d- does a pretty good job of lowering the barriers. It's, a, okay. it's an easier test. Okay. Well, it sounds like that's good news for the learners. It might mean, so. might mean some things in the future. But for now, yeah, it makes sense to prepare people for either one and give them the choice, which is exactly what you're doing. It's fantastic. So should we give them an example of one or two of them and try to answer them? Sure. Here we go. Describe a city you know about. What is it called? Where is it located? And what makes the city special? And I've got to start speaking straight away. So so you, you'll have about, uh, for Duolingo, I think it's 30 seconds, but let, let's do 15 seconds. Well, I have 15 seconds to prepare in this fictitious yeah. situation. Can you say it one more time? Uh, no. Okay. So begin speaking. <laughs> ah! <laughs> okay. So uh, I'll do it one more time and then give you 15 seconds to prepare. So here we go. <laughs> you didn't think you'd get to hear me embarrass myself for free now, did you? No, sirree. No, no, no. That's a weird phrase, that one, actually. No siree, meaning absolutely not. No siree. Um, of course, premium or academy members will be hopping over to part two to hear me give a, um, <coughs> a model answer for this typical speaking exam question and see what Josh's reaction to it is. But then the fun really doesn't stop there. In fact, I'd say it really just keeps getting better as we start to loosen up and get into more culture-based conversations, pulling from both of our experiences living abroad and having been raised on different continents, it was interesting to see each other's perspectives on the ways of the world. So, if you wanted to listen to the full conversation, you can easily become a premium podcast member and get access to all parts of this conversation and all conversations that have ever taken place on this show. So that would be, as of this recording, about 48 extra listening sections that you haven't been able to get. And I'm going to estimate that that is over eight hours of non-stop listening practice. And did I mention these all come with manually edited transcripts and extended glossaries? And thinking about the glossaries, I reckon we've got over 2,000 native expressions explained specifically for non-native learners in there now. And uh, yeah, the membership is as cheap as chips. So what are you waiting for? Go over, support this podcast and get a huge amount back with the premium podcast membership. And then, of course, we have the Academy. 
where I make exclusive videos, audios, pronunciation files, interactive quizzes, and much, much more to get you confident with the language I'm exposing you to in these episodes. And then to top it all off, we have weekly speaking classes to get you practicing the language yourself and to ensure you're using the phrases properly. And as the classes have been going since April 2021, I'm now able to share some testimonials of those who have been involved in the academy for some time now. And here is what one student from Thailand has to say about her experience. I came across Charlie's podcast not so long ago. I got a test for the premium program first. And before I knew it, I have been joining his academy program without any regret because the program has broadened my horizons to better understand British culture and improve British English fluency. It's packed with tons of interesting contents, new vocabularies, expressions, and fun quizzes to help you remember and interact with vocabularies and phrases in a strategic way. You will never get tired of challenging yourself in taking the quizzes, practicing your pronunciation, and participating in group chat with Charlie and other amazing participants who are passionate about studying English like yourself. So, I highly recommend all the students who are interested in learning British English and wish to get a good grip on British culture in the most fun and effective way. Thank you so much, Katami, for that. And uh, guys, I promise no cash was exchanged for that testimonial. So... You heard the woman. If you want to join a bunch of passionate learners and want to get a good grip on British culture in the most fun and effective way, then head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com and join the Academy. That's all from me this week. I hope you have a good seven days ahead of you. My name is Charlie Baxter and I will see you next time on the British English Podcast. Podcast.